0: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start End Up podcast. Today, I'm excited to have on guest Mike Flynn. He is the author of Master the Key, a story to free your potential, find meaning, and live life on purpose. Mike's been a mentor, a coach, a friend for several years now. And his own podcast, Impact Entrepreneur, has had amazing people. My favorite being Lou Holtz. Uh, famous coach of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, but his show, his book, his way of life uh, has been really an inspiration to me and, again, a huge help as uh, I found him several years ago. So I know that you're going to enjoy this podcast. Uh, take notes. Uh, he gives away a lot of information, uh, but I highly, highly recommend that you check out his podcast and now his book, which is on Amazon. Again, all those links will be in the show notes, but let me get right to it. I think you're going to love this one. Mike Flynn. All right, I'm excited to have on a return guest that doesn't happen very often. And I'm excited because uh, basically, Mike Flynn has been a mentor and among their earliest people I reached out to when I was starting. uh, Well, a lot of things, Mike, I mean, the class, the podcast, a lot of things you've been looking under the hood and give me suggestions. and, And you've really been one of those guys that has been extremely helpful. So I'm excited today to hopefully, in a small way, return the favor and talk about some of the exciting things you have coming up. So that is a long-winded introduction to Mike Flynn. Thank you for being on the show. Yes,
1: man. It is a pleasure to be back for round two. I think it's been at least a year since uh, I was on your show the first time. And and we, we have both been up to some amazing things. And you are just breathing life into the hearts and minds of some of the, the most important uh, people in our country at this time, which is the the up and coming generation of future entrepreneurs. So I'm really honored to know you, to call you a friend and to
0: share the microphone again with you today. Absolutely. So I was like, you can hear me smiling through the, the microphone. I. I was so excited. I got a package in the mail and there it is. Um, Like, I'm really weird about just straight up promotional podcasts, and this is not it. This is a genuine conversation between two friends, but I wanted to go in. Let's start off with the fact that how your process of writing a book, I've been through it, you've been through it, how, let's just go into the process and and, then to hold it for the first time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, the the... The process of writing a book was actually very interesting. Um, I had been working on the concepts for a couple years, just brainstorming them. I had given a couple of keynotes. I had been on some podcasts and then I started, I actually never thought I'd write a book. Um, And then I started getting asked by people, when are you going to write a book? And I'm like, okay, well. Yeah, I think I I
0: was one of them. Yeah, I was one of them.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, well, maybe I should, you know? And then I started to kind of, write take my keynote presentation and turn it into a book a non-fiction book but it it just was not hitting home with my heart and mind and i'm like i'm not going to just put out another book into the world that just takes up space on someone someone's um bookshelf if i do a book i'm going to write it for my kids because they're they're young now but, you know, life hits us hard all the time in many different ways. And at some point they're going to be adults and life is going to smack them upside of the upside the head. And I want them to be equipped for it. I want them to be able to face the challenges, financial, emotional, spiritual, mental, physical, that life will throw their way. What's the best way to do that? How do we teach lessons to our kids? We do it in the form of story. And so, I decided to write a fictional story that will remind readers of the truth that has dwelt within them since the day that they were born. And that is specifically that each and every one of us already possesses everything that we need to live life at the, our fullest potential in every area of life. And we do that by mastering. The answers to four fundamental questions: Who am I? How do I show up in the world? What do I do when I get there? And who do I do it with? And I and I teach that in the in the book through mastering through the key. And the key is broken into four pieces: story, gifts, action, and community. And and um, I wrote ninety percent of the book in my favorite coffee shop in Santa Cruz called cat and cloud coffee, because the energy of the the people that work there that drink their coffee there, um, they get caffeinated there. The two, the, the, the founders of the, of the company that it's just a, a, a super awesome creative zone. And I would go and I'd sit there and I'd be around all those people. And I would, uh, I would write the book and I would listen to Hans Zimmer soundtracks and just get super emotional um and uh so I'm kind of rambling about the process but the process is just getting started and not necessarily it's 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 true to life too right so it's getting started and not necessarily editing first it's continuing to innovate it's continuing to play with ideas yeah Giving yourself the freedom to be wrong, because um, because when especially like for what you're doing, I mean you're doing that. You you are number one getting your students to engage in the process, and in that process, they their only responsibility in in the process at that point is to play, is to tinker, is to fail, is to try, is to is to see if something sticks, and it's not to edit. And and at some point the editing has to be done, but that's when you get further along to the finished product.
0: You know, yeah. though, I I think that's the one thing though I write, I enjoyed about your writing style is it's I don't want to use the word stream of consciousness, but like it's it's free flowing and and even the the, the like different kind of formats. You you had some like journal entries, you had some texting back and forth. Um, it, it it did it felt very. It, yeah, free flowing. I, I guess. Yeah. Well, I wanted. To talk about you it. know, I mean, I, I wanted to.
1: So the way it, it breaks down, so it's a it's a it's a story that has several different characters, and so it, it reads like a you know like a not, like a fictional book, um, like like a narrative, because it is. Um, but then at the end of each of the four main parts, you get to experience the main characters thoughts in his own journal entry. And then immediately following that, you get to reflect and respond on the same questions that the main character tackled in his own journey. So you get to engage with the lesson that has been taught in that particular section about story, for for instance, and reflect on your own story, reflect on how you might not have owned your story in the past, the good and the bad, and then move forward through a response section on how you are going to own your story moving forward and take all of the stuff that has happened to you and, and shine the light on it and allow it to have happened for you so that you can bring it out into the world and do good with it.
0: Yeah, especially on your stuff like you know the reflect and respond I don't think that we and I say we I'm just talking about the human condition, take time to reflect and respond some of the bad things that happen to us, you know and I'm trying to get this through to my own children and 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 my students as well is like embrace it, um like know that it's a journey and 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 in some ways, the suffering is your key it's 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 your golden nugget i. I have a student right now who is going through some incredibly hard times and he shared with us, and this, this one class is smaller and it's pretty special. Not that I'm playing favorites, guys, mm-hmm. listening. Um, but he's had some not good things happen. And I said, um, I'm not, I almost said his name. I said, student, I said, um, this is going to sound awful coming out of my mouth. I said, but this is going to be one heck of a story you can tell later. Mm-hmm. And everybody kind of got quiet, and he kind of got this grin on his face. He's like, you know, you're right. He's, yeah. Uh, and because and I, I, I remember, I mean, the couple of my mentors, I was going through some really hard times when I was trying to change things up in my own classroom and then be public about it. And then this one guy goes, oh, my gosh, you have no idea how lucky you are. Because when I reflected on it, when I started to go, you know, no one likes the guy or girl that says I tried something and it was perfect no one doesn't like, everybody likes the overcoming from adversity, except it's that reflecting on it, and Mm -hmm. then kind of journaling it out and going, okay, this is a part of the journey and seeing that roadmap ahead. So I I love that that was a a deliberate part of the book.
1: Um, You know, the, the word reflect means to bend back or direct light or heat onto something. And so one of the really powerful things that, separates the human race from any other species on the planet is our ability to go back and intentionally bend back time or direct light or heat onto something through the the art of reflection you know it doesn't do good to passively reflect on what's happened in the past like the bad stuff right like the the negative thoughts that come that come flying through our mind and then and then we don't pay any attention to them and we move on uh but but what where it's really powerful is when we're intentional about it just like in anything and so there are a number of reasons why people don't spend time in reflection the first being that we have filled our lives with so much noise and busyness that it's hard for our brain to, to manage it all. And it's, and, and it's hard for us to think that we have time to, to pause and to stop and to slow down. One of the reasons why we've filled our lives with, with our, uh, with busyness, um, is the second reason why it's hard to reflect. And that's because we're afraid to go there because of what we might see or have to recall or have to encounter. But what we, when we acknowledge that we alone have the ability to go back into those experiences and shine a light on it and elevate the hard stuff and bring it out into the world, that is an incredibly powerful thing. And doing that, doing the hard thing mentally will reveal to you what you're actually capable of. When you actually get into the the routine of actually doing difficult things physically and mentally, it is going to open up new pathways psychologically for you to accomplish New things. In fact, it's everything I'm talking about right now is solidly rooted in psychology, both positive psychology and sports psychology. And specifically, Dr. Uh, Albert Bandura has a, a a theory called self-efficacy theory. We all want to be effective, right? We all want to feel like we're effective. And so, one of the things that holds us back from doing things that we're uncomfortable with is the is the reality that we want to feel effective because our esteem is attached to it our our self esteem and so we, when we don't do something it's because we're asking ourselves a question can i do that hard thing and so one of my hopes with this book is that as people progress through the story they will move from asking them themselves that question can I do hard things to making a statement I can do hard things to making another statement I am worthy of doing hard things and then bookending that with another question what can I do with the hard things that I've experienced
0: yeah I mean that that's so incredibly impactful and and going through that process obviously is, is the the journey. I, speaking of your promise, like uh, this is like popped in my head as you were talking about, especially when you started talking about sports, it, you've, you've had a podcast, uh, impact mm-hmm. entrepreneur. Um, and I'm assuming that each one of your guests is starting to affect a little bit of your writing. Like my personal favorite is Lou Holtz podcast. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I live in Indiana, so obviously Notre Dame and all that stuff. But you, you start telling, like, because all these people that you've interviewed have these little nuggets of, of wisdom and of overcoming. And like you said, you had me hooked at sports psychology and things of that nature. How, how have you found being a podcast host transfer into writing and how much, how much is borrowing from one another?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all, it's all borrowing from each other, right? We, we all have these, when we, when we create space for ideas to flow and an exchange of ideas to happen, then we're all riffing off of each other. And that's one of the the most powerful things about the podcasting realm, if you will, is it's, it's a, it's a free low barrier way to exchange ideas and and come up with new ones or or refine something or build upon something and so you know like I you know I actually quote Lou Holt that one of the characters in the book actually quotes uh Lou Holtz from part of my conversation that I had with him which is a line which I love when I when I asked um Lou Holtz about the power of words he said um he responded by saying Mike there's roughly 422,000 words in the English vocabulary. And the most important word among them is the word choice. And he's so right, right? And before him, before him, the person who really brought that, the power of choice out into the world um, is a guy by the name of Viktor Frankl who wrote a phenomenal book call and search for meaning where he said specifically and he's one of the godfathers of of you know uh, of positive psychology and really a turning point in psychology from where psychologists were focusing on disorder into focusing on how to order things so that we can live lives of uh, fulfilling lives and meaning and purpose but one of the things that Viktor Frankl said in his great book *Man's Search for Meaning* is that um, between something I'm paraphrasing between the stimulus and this and the response lies a choice, and it's an incredibly powerful thing. And we need to have the ability to recognize that that choice that is the seed for. Everything else for how we show up in the world through our gifts, the type of action we take and how we perceive risk, and then the types of communities that we end up belonging to, and whether or not we are wildly curious about them or collaborating with them, or if or if they're stealing from us, or they're stealing from from other people and, and not giving if they're just takers. You know, there's a reason why community is such an important aspect of of the key and that everybody talks about because community is the ultimate accelerant for growth. We know this. There's an old African proverb, if you want to go fast go alone, if you want to go far go together. And we know this. We know that community, that people, that tribes are ultimately the fastest way to grow and to do so in a sustainable manner. But the reality is that, because of that, we often get attracted to kind of like the the um, least common denominator. Uh, like you know, one of the, right now, if you're on social media in any way, shape, or form, and if you're involved in entrepreneurship in any way, you are definitely gonna run run across some sort of community that is offering to allow you in, it, and, and they'll teach you. How to launch a seven, eight, nine figure funnel business in 18 months or less if you buy X, right? And so because, because we oftentimes associate money with our our identity and our esteem, we end up jumping into these communities, getting taken advantage of and feeling worse off because of it, because we feel like we made a bad choice. And, and so really, when we're beginning to look at communities, we have to understand that yes, our environment matters, but who we allow into our environment matters more. And if you don't want to get bit by spiders, don't create a habitat for them to build a nest in.
0: Yeah, let me let me let me press you on that one. So um, this is the (laughs) this is the, um, yeah, but I'm trying to save them. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go through the lens of either a middle school or a high school kid. And there's that one kid that wants to turn it around. And that one kid comes with a ton of baggage. And that one kid is wanting, like, how about this? The person that is the a part of that good culture wants to bring somebody into the fold, except that person might not want to change yet, but they want to take them on as a project. Cause I've seen this again and again. Right. Um, how do you respond? Like, cause like, even as a dad, right. It's, it's like the, it's like a really bad 1980s sitcom, you know, spike who drives a motorcycle and he has, you know, you know, a, a punk rock attire and all that sort of stuff. like, I can change him. And then, that kind of flies in the face of what we're talking about. Like, if you don't want to be bit by spiders, don't go in the spiders. Then, but the one that we want to save is that—is that crazy, or how do you go about that?
1: No, I, I think it doesn't necessarily have to do with wanting to save them because it, you know that the if you want to, if if the mentor, you know, or the community leader is trying to save someone. That's not necessarily a. That's not a. That's not a relationship. That's just one sided, right? So, so the, the 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 point that I teach in the in the chapter in the part on community, is that a community is made up of uh, a great community, a thriving community is made up of three th- three elements, three core elements. The first is wild curiosity. Okay, that that the people in that commu- community are as wildly curious about your success, Don if as much as if not more than their own okay um so they're they're curious about how they can make don successful like and how they can draw out the best in don and how they can help don's gifts shine the brightest right has nothing to do with saving they're trying to draw out the greatest and the best in in don and they do that through collaboration, they do that by working alongside Don and getting to know Don and understanding Don's unique gifts and abilities and talents and how they might vary from season to season, right? And then because they've invested so much time with you, Don, that when they see you veering off path and they, they see you not being who you are created and capable of being and becoming. And that you are undoing some of the things, maybe you're allowing, maybe you're building a habitat for some spiders, some mental spiders, maybe to get into your head and start biting you because they've been wildly curious, because they've been collaborative, they have earned the ability to correct you and to get you back on, on course and say, Don, that is not like you. That yeah. is, that is not who we know you to be. What is going on?
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, they've earned that ability. But obviously the bigger the community or the more than just the one person helping is better. Yeah.
1: I mean, obviously there's, there's going to be more than, than um, it's more like an ensemble, right? There's, there's, right. There's, you know, there'll be times like, so I play in a band um, mostly at church and, and we did a concert recently um, at church for this special Uh, our new local bishop who is um who came over from from texas it was a big celebration at our local parish and um you know they had this this opportunity for the band to kind of pass the solo round to the the violin player to the conga player to the drummer to the piano right and and but most of the time they play together in perfect harmony and then but there's opportunity for each person to to come out and and shine and that's the same thing that it's it's about this family that you're that you're building right and nobody likes to be corrected and 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 you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't think that you could correct someone unless you've spent time really getting to know them right like you know your kids intimately
0: Obviously, because how old's your oldest see Ava is eighteen anna's fourteen Grants nine okay. okay, so eighteen years old, right? you have earned
1: the ability to speak into her life right first it it started because she's obviously your daughter and even you know you're her father right there's a different relationship there, but you know her intimately, you are wildly curious about her right you are you want to i've seen you guys collaborate right and because of that not just like separating the father figure out for a moment you know what her aspirations are you've spent time helping her develop her gifts and talents and are doing that and you have earned the ability to to correct her if, she's, if she if you see her either a veering off course completely and not being who she's capable of, of being uh, or b uh, if she you know completely is using her gifts and talents for the wrong thing you've earned that ability now, this is an interesting point because you're her father, right she's not necessarily going to take your feedback uh, <laughs> the, the same way that she might take someone else's feedback right so there's probably a member of your broader community, yeah, male or female, who has done the same thing who that who can speak into her life and say, you know what? You are better than that. Like you can, you have so much more potential in you. And I know that because we've done X, Y, and Z. And instead of telling them, nobody likes to be told. People like to be asked, right? So instead of asking, instead of telling them, you know, you're veering off path. What you can do is you can go back to the, the questions that were asked in the action section of the book. You can go ask your daughter, you know, what's at stake for you, and let her answer. Yeah. And then you, when she's done answering, you can go, well, why does it matter? Yeah. And, right. and then you can ask her the final question, which is, when does all of this become real?
0: You, you know, you're you're hitting on something that um, I had a discussion with a with a a person last night, and uh, I and I'm not saying this is with with either of my children; it's, it's with all of them. Um, Mm -hmm. that I have to watch myself and that you you said ask them too often. And and I'm not gonna throw all men under the bus, but I think we're more guilty than than, than, yeah. Like and and I literally swear to you, I was just having this conversation with another teacher all of maybe an hour ago. Even female teachers said, because I was was talking to this exact same thing, and she said, you know, that's teachers in general. We have X amount of kids a day, which is usually over hundred, and We've seen so many patterns that we get a kid says, hey, I've got a need. they are two sentences in and we have this urge to say, "Okay, stop right there. I know what you need. I've dealt with a thousand kids before. This is what you got. And then too often what they really need to do is be understood, to be heard, to ask questions. Because in that process of you, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I have even said, you know, now that I hear myself talk out loud, I know this. If you, Mike Flynn, were saying, well, here's what your problem is, I'd appreciate it. But when I get to talk it out loud, yeah. and, and we, we forget to do that too often. Well, so I, I mean,
1: have you seen this hilarious YouTube video that actually illustrates that point brilliantly? It, it's of this couple and they're, you know, they're sitting on this couch and you, the the scene opens up with the, their backs to the camera and the husband's sitting on one side of the couch and the wife is sitting on the other and she's sharing her day and some of the struggles and he's sitting there listening, but he's trying to fix it. And and he's and he's like, Well, it, it's it's because you have a nail in your forehead. And, yes, I've seen that. It, and and she's like, No, just stop trying to fix it. I just want you to listen. And so, you know, it's I mean, I
0: get all these sweaters that are snagging and
1: yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a great video. You know, one of the um people should go definitely listen to that. It's it's super funny. Um, especially if you're a married couple, like watch it together <laughs> because it's so right on. Um uh-huh. but one of the biggest challenges um that everyone faces, Don, whether they're a teenager, um, a 40 year old, which I'm almost 40, um, I'll be 40 later this year. Um, and I'm just getting started, by the way. Um And, uh, is, is a sense of worthiness. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, people want to find their why and Simon Sinek talks about it a lot and it's super important. But one of the things that I talk about in the, in the first part of the book is that before you can find your why, you have to remember that you're worthy of one to begin with. And, and so it's super important for us to remind each other that we are all all each and every single one of us is worthy of doing great things and it, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that we become a great thing doing a great thing does not mean becoming a multimillionaire right um, yeah and, and and I think that that's a danger that that we, and something that we really need to to um, to highlight and and speak truth to, because a a financial reward is just a, a a a you know an exchange of perceived value. It doesn't define success and or greatness because perceived values or perceptions change all the time, right? And so if if you associate greatness, and worthiness with some sort of a financial outcome, which is based on perceived value, and perceptions change all the time, then what happens when someone's perception of the value that you offer to the world changes, and you've associated your worthiness with a financial reward? That's a problem. That's, that's when you have an identity crisis.
0: Yeah, (laughs) sorry, I had to think about that. Yes. Um, do you mm. follow that? Yeah, I know I know I'm like going through that in my head. Sorry for the delay.
1: No, yeah, financial do. reward <laughs> yep. is is a I'll say it again. Financial reward is the result of an exchange of perceived value. And perceptions change all the time. So if you've associated your worth, your greatness, your value with a financial reward when the perception of your value is going to change at some point then what happens when that does change yeah i said it better the first time
0: but we'll have to go Uh, back so it's okay so again just because i'd like to go through the lens of of high school students uh Mm -hmm. things in there change a little bit but explain that to a 16 year old when you so
1: you know being popular being part of a crowd, like, a, like mm, I like okay, where you're good. going with this. Yeah, you like. Okay, okay. So, so let's riff on this. Okay, so being popular, being part of a crowd, is is the result of a perceived value, right? That's what we believe. We believe that our our identity is part of being in this in crowd, and my identity is associated with the value that I provide to that crowd. So what do I have to offer them? If I'm not part of that crowd, I, I must not have anything to offer them. And so if we've associated our identity with the perceived value that we've provided them, whether we're part of that crowd or we're not part of that crowd, let's say we're part of that crowd actually. I think this would be interesting. Let's say we're part of that in crowd and, our identity is associated with being part of that crowd. And then as people grow and they have more experiences, their perceived understanding of the value that I provide to them changes. And then all of a sudden, I'm not part of that crowd anymore. I stop getting the Snapchats and the WhatsApps and the whatever. And all of a sudden I'm on the outs and my whole identity has been tied to being part of that thing, what does that do to me? It tells me that I'm not worthy. And that is the most dangerous lie that a high school student, but let alone, anyone can believe. Mm. We all have inherent worth and our value is timeless.
0: So that is how okay, so take one more step back i mean when you get that and and by the way i I've had this discussion more than any other recently on that not having perceived value, and a lot of that the origin being uh comparison constant comparison to yourself on social media um how do you, as a dad make sure that you are because i mean I think it's silly to not I should say silly i'm um, I think it's. <clears throat> overly optimistic to think that a parent's going to completely isolate their son or daughter from social media. It's just not going to, it's difficult at best. So how do you make sure that you instill that sense of self-worth, even though it may not be as cool coming from mom or dad?
1: I mean, it's, it's about being, it's about being okay with being normal and, and showing them that I think that we have this obsession with celebrity, either it either um, you know movie stars type celebrity or entrepreneurial celebrity or sports celebrity or whatever it might be. And so we have this obsession with celebrity and and we we don't have an appreciation for normalcy and, and when I say be, being okay with being normal, what I mean, I don't mean being okay with being average, okay? Because we, we, we shouldn't settle for being average. Uh, that means that we're not striving for anything. We're just kind of like cruising, right? But by being normal, we can still pursue great things and do great things. But what it does, by being okay with being normal, it allows us, at least from my point of view, the ability to be present. In the most meaningful, magical moments of life, which are happening every single day, because I'm not trying to be the next Gary Vee. I'm not trying to become Mark Cuban. There are, there are a, on the spectrum of things, there are going to be a, a certain cross section of humanity that is super successful, becomes super famous, and we should celebrate them. We should say bravo. Good, good for you, right? And we should strive for great to do great things to realize our potential. And some of us may end up, you know, crossing over into that that pool as well. But we should be one hundred percent okay with not doing that either, because we have the the opportunity to create incredible moments with the people that in that are in our lives physically each and every day and if we are fully present there what could happen if we change the life of that one person who then goes on to lead an incredible company i guarantee you that i think you had jt mccormick on at some point yeah, in your show, yeah. right yep i mean like you know like he's got a, a crazy story. I, I haven't actually not had him on the show. I need to, but, um, and I'm working with their company right now on, on my book launch. But, um, you know, some, he, the power of one person combined with his desire and will and effort moved, moved him, took him places, but guess what? And he, he'll tell you, and I, and I think we even talked about this at one point, you and I that he was, he's totally okay with being who he is. And because of being okay with who he is and his abilities and his story, and he's a perfect example of taking what's happened to him and and using it as a gift to the world, okay? Because he's okay with being who he is and being JT McCormick and not trying to be the next person and being normal and being present, look what he's doing.
0: Yeah, that's a good example. Uh, I I agree. (laughs) He, um, yeah, we could talk for hours about some of his journey. And you should go back, uh, listeners, go back and listen to Don's
1: episode with him, uh, you know, a while back, but uh, maybe you can link to it again in the show notes, Don, but it's a powerful episode and a powerful example.
0: Yeah. Well, and also, uh, you know, back to what we were saying earlier, a guy that reflected and responded and, and, you know, that, uh, that pivotal night, um, when he was young set everything in motion so yeah Yeah. it's really and and, you know i mean like (coughs) it
1: it could have easily gone the other way for him too oh absolutely absolutely
0: right
1: yeah but but he recognized the power of his own autonomy in this situation
0: yeah um so Master the key. It's it's ironic, actually, though. Just one last JT at Mutual Admiration Society moment for the three of you. Um, The three of us, I should say. Uh, JT, one of the first things he said is, I wrote this book for my kids. He says, If I sell a copy, awesome. But for the most part, I want to know my, my kids what I went through. Ironically, what got me over the fence of I didn't have time to write a book was somebody more or less said a different kind of motivation somebody says, you know, somebody's going to write the book for you, except it's not going to be, they're not going to let it be your kid's college fund. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and, uh, and then you started off by saying like, hey, I'm writing this basically for my kids. Um, we have three different approaches, uh, which I love. Um, but tell me, like, it, it, other than you being a parent wanting to pass on this wisdom to your kids, what is the persona? What Like, what is the one and and i and I'm not, i know that you never want to like pigeonhole yourself but if there's what type of person do you really want desperately to read this book
1: the person who believes that quote unquote following their passion will lead to bliss and all of this other mm. stuff is is mm. the person that needs to read this book because i guarantee you one thing they don't understand what the word passion means the word passion means that the willingness to suffer for something and they don't know really what they're willing to sacrifice for or suffer for until they've really got a grasp of who they are, how they show up in the world, what they're going to do when they get there, and who they're going to do it with. Then they're able they're they're going to be able to uh, to follow their passion because they will have mastered their identity, which hint hint is the key, right? The key represents our identity, okay? Because they are able to they they've mastered their identity they are then able to understand and live into what they're willing to suffer for. And they can do that either independently as an entrepreneur or a company of their own or within an organization. Done. Startling statistic, dude. 85% of employees are showing up to work actively disengaged globally every single day. It's costing businesses $7 trillion. In America alone, where there's 150 million people in the workforce roughly, there are about 40 million Americans doing a side hustle right now. Yeah. Those they are part of that, that, that organization, that group that is actively disengaged at work. Why are they actively disengaged at the work at work? They can't tie themselves to some company's vision, mission, and culture unless they really know what theirs is and does it match up right are they compatible and so they go to work because it's a it's a safe place they have friends there yep. uh, they're they're mildly curious they they punch a time card they get a retirement plan that gets m- matched right yeah. but like but it's 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 not it's not they're not engaged well what if we could change that what if every single organization be, what if every single organization's mission became to develop the purpose and potential of their people and then their products. What would that do to organizations? Yes, you might have some people in your organization that would leave. And good for them because guess what? It's a win-win. You don't want them anywhere anyway because they're already dragging morale, productivity down. So send them on their way. Do so in such a fashion where they will be your champion. Right, but the remaining group of people are going to be on fire for your organization because you invested in their potential and their purpose and their meaning, and their uh, you know value beyond what they represent on yes. the company balance sheet as a spreadsheet item, the product, whatever
0: yeah cuz i mean you hear about like the golden handcuffs and you know i this i i i this is what i'm passionate about and and i and i, I it's too good of a pay for me to leave but i just hate it and you're right like you can find that like search you know, be the entrepreneur find something you connect with because um you're right like <laughs> leaving you know th- throwing it and i see some And I'm not going to criticize, but I see some people are like, oh, throw caution to the side and and chase your passion. Well, that's a dangerous prospect too. Instead of like what you're saying, find some inner motivation, find some things that really you connect with where you're at instead of just going crazy because that craziness then instills fear really quick. Yeah,
1: I mean, and you wrote a book basically that talks about that, you know, I mean, in in the classroom setting, you know, that allows these kids to – to pursue their passions, to play, and that's what's led to everything that you're doing, right? Yeah, and David, and, and the by David the way,
0: full disclosure, it's it's still it's still difficult, you know, because yeah. like yeah, you because know, and and I'm and I'm not criticizing uh, some parents, but like because even some parents were like following your passion even for one class. A day is dangerous because you could that opportunity cost. You could have taken one more AP course, which would have padded your stats a little bit, and you may. So even then, it's a it's a it's a risk somewhat. Except, you know, had deliberately having that time and that space to experiment, grow, find out. Um, you know, I, I'm a Simon Sinek kind of guy too. You know, understand your why. Do you even have one? Like that's the most depressing thing that I talk to adults and children. They don't know what. They don't know. Like, they're just going through life. And it's, it's,
1: they're going through life because they,
0: because of that, what
1: I said earlier, they don't, they, they got to re, they got to reevaluate their sense of worth. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and they see you doing all these great things. They see all of this stuff happening and they're watching. And so, and they don't feel like they are happening. And so, therefore, they, they've concluded that they don't have a why. Right they gotta they gotta establish their sense of value and worth independent of some sort of an outcome
0: yeah yeah i, I just getting them to see that and then of course our you know a lot of cultural. Signals almost go against that, but uh, you know, heck one of the reasons- that's
1: why I wrote my book. I was just because- gonna, I just,
0: literally you beat me to it. This is one of the reasons why I like the fact you wrote a book. And and yes, I do want to lay small claim that I was one of those guys a year and a half ago. This is where's your book?: yes, my actually, you did. Yes,. yes you did. <laughs> so uh, Here it is. There it is.: it is. Yes. All right,
1: well, I, again, we, um, we hit Amazon bestseller status on: I saw uh, that
0: launch, right day. out the
1: box. And then, uh, and then yesterday, I don't know when this will air, but yesterday was May or April 30th. And yesterday we landed as a hot new release in the interpersonal relationship category mm. where, where best-selling authors uh, like Brene Brown and Adam Grant and Susan Kane are. And then last night, one of my goals, one of my dreams, I should say, was to be in the personal transformation category. Um, because I think that th- this book will be transformational to people that, that read it. And although I'm not a bestseller in that category yet, I did show up as like number um, 29 or something like that in the hot new releases in personal transformation uh, alongside uh, Rachel Hollis and, you know, who's number one in that category. Um, and, you know, Gary Ryan Bishop, and many others who are all about personal transformation. And, um, and uh, so I'm incredibly humbled and honored, but I'm not surprised because this book will have a transformational impact in the lives of others. And that's my number one goal. I don't have a back, you know, I don't have a end funnel that I'm trying to get people to go buy some sort of a course at the end of reading this book. You know, right now, the book is the thing. There is no other widget on the back end for clients to for clients, for for readers to engage with. This is it right now and and uh, and I, I want them to recognize how valuable they are and how worthy they are of doing great things, and how everything that they've experienced all of the adversity. there's a beautiful example in this book. When the when the janitor takes Steve down to the wine cellar and teaches him about how to celebrate the fruit of his adversity and why we all should do the same, and uh, so anyway, that's enough about the book and me. Uh, your 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 <laughs> listeners are probably tired of hearing my voice. No
0: man, I I love this and and like you said, obviously it just popped way up the charts on Amazon. You can find it there. I highly recommend you do. Uh, your preferred, where to follow you at? LinkedIn, Twitter, where? Uh,
1: I am on, I, I spend most of my time on Instagram. I, I've i just kind of started to really ramp that up there, but I am at The Impact Mike uh, at, on Instagram. I'm also at The Impact Mike on Twitter. Um, I'm on Facebook uh, as well. Um, you can find me through Don there. Uh, the Impact Entrepreneur Show is my podcast. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all that stuff. And then there's a Facebook page there as well. And if you want to personally email me, you and and you know, if I can help you in any way, my email address is info at theimpactentrepreneur.net. And
0: I would be happy to communicate with anybody that's a friend of Don's. There you go. Mike. I'm proud, man. I One last thing. When you got your um, your proof, your copy, you got it. I mean, you have to get it in the mail. When you went to the mailbox and you opened it and you held it in your hands for your first time, what was it like, man? Man, an
1: unbelievable feeling. Actually, my wife got it and opened it first <laughs> and sent me a text message. And I was out of my office at the time and I drove back and uh and i just it's it's hard to believe um and there was you know that the the journey of getting this book published was ripe with its own drama and um and i'm i'm it it's i'm just incredibly grateful and to see something like this it's all about just being engaged in the process and and as one of my past guests a a pentathlete, an Olympic athlete named Eli Bremer, who is now a um, sports sponsorship guru for a company called Shackley, but he was a pentathlete and an Olympic athlete. One of the things he said about the process is stop trying to win and start trying to be good because you can win by accident, but you can only be good on purpose. And, um, and I, I took that approach as I finished writing my book i you know i i wanted to pr- produce something that was good that would stand the test of time that might win some categories but that even that i this this book's going to be a perennial perennial seller um and uh i i'm confident about that um and uh and so quick trying to win start trying to be good and that is the process we all need to follow in every area of life that we are engaged in
0: there it is there it is i i, I love the wrap up i love I, and, and i agree the, the you know it's evergreen this isn't uh, you know which stocks to pick in 1998 or in 2019 it's um uh, it's there well, Mike, again, man, your friendship, your guidance, uh, and and that you, you've written a book that you're putting out to the world that's going to make an impact, ah, no pun intended, um, mm-hmm. is greatly appreciated. So thank you thank so, you, so much for being on the show, man. I appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much for having me.